Streets and Scholars, Alex Alonso and FG, here to bring you guys another banger. And there goes the general, the general, the east side general's in the house, man. How you feeling, man? Man, I'm feeling pretty good today, man. Feeling pretty good. How about you? Well, everything's good. Everything's good. You know, just tired like everybody else. And, yeah, no doubt, man. And um, dealing with my back problems. Doctor tried to tell me he wants me to do physical therapy before surgery, so... I might have to try that. How long he want you to do that, man? They always trying to put some shit off, man. Just shit, handle the business. Damn. Eight weeks, eight weeks of physical therapy that I don't think is gonna fix my back. They don't tell them athletes. Right, they, right. When a professional athlete gets a herniated disc, they go in there and fix it, don't they? Man, they go right in there and take care of it, man. You know what I mean? But you know the healthcare system, you know in America is is, is they gonna put you on the back burner every time. I'm not sure if they just trying to. Um, have the physical therapist, you know, break them off some money for a little bit before they um, end up saying, okay, it looks like you're going to need surgery. Or is that just something that uh, they're trying to look out for the patient? No, that's just exactly how it works. You know, they refer you to their partners. You know, sometimes, you know, even when we go get them DOT physicals nowadays, first thing they want to do is measure your neck and start talking about uh, sleep apnea. Bro, how's my heart? How, how is my breathing? How is my blood pressure? You know what I mean? But you're trying to refer me to your partner so you can keep a pipeline of money going, you know. Um, I had a shoulder problem not too long ago. They did the same thing, man. We're going to do physical therapy, you know. I... I, I <clears throat> Got on the floor, did 50 push-ups, you know, handstand push-ups. I, I told him I can bench 300 pounds. But listen, um, physical therapy ain't going to fix it, you know what I mean? So they finally end up giving me a, a, a ultrasound. And what happens is my rotator cuff was just rubbing up against my bone. on the, It wasn't tore or nothing like that. It just was rubbed for some reason, like inflammation or something rubbing up in it. But it was bothering me for a long time, bro, when I sleep, you know, when I try to work out. But uh, it took them a minute for them to even get to just simply doing a, a, a ultrasound, which dude did in five minutes, you know. But they 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 sent me through the rigmarole just you know, and they could have just went straight to the ultrasound and 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 you know, took care of it, you know. So how much time was that? Days or weeks of time wasted? Uh, yeah, it was. But we'll see. This the thing about us men, you know, we working, we doing shit, we got shit to do. So when I went to the doctor finally for it. I didn't go back to the doctor again about a year. I, I let it bother me like a year, mm. you know, and I went back and said, check this out, man. Something wrong, man. It ain't it ain't a pinch nerve. It ain't something over time. Something is wrong, man. You know, and I had to, like, put it down on him like, bro, this ain't no physical therapy type shit, you know. And, and that's when dude finally said, only thing I I, I hate about, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I ain't going to use the word hate, but I never tell you about this. Was just, this was just a few months ago. So, bro, I go in there, you know, and um, he look at my x-rays from the previous time I went to the doctor. So when they took the 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 um, shoulder x-ray, I remember the young girl who took the shoulder x-ray, you know, I got bullet in my lung, you know what I mean? But I didn't mention it, you know what I mean? I heard it like, oh, my God, you know what I mean? And so when he picked up my x-rays to check them out, he said, oh, is it bullet fragment? I'm like, yeah, no doubt. He said, can you take your shirt off so I can... Bro, this dude read every tattoo. I mean, he just judged me <laughs> up and down. Like, his whole demeanor changed and Damn. shit. You know what I mean? He's reading my tattoos and shit. And I'm like, bro, as long as my, my health insurance pay you, you know, don't worry about what's on my body, man. You know what I mean? You know, and he had a little funky-ass attitude and shit. Um, 
after that. But he, you know, he did what he posed to do. So, but I just tripped off how he stereo. He didn't even stereotype me, but he just judged me. You know what I mean? You know. But um, he did. I did get a quarter zone shot. I have been doing great. I'm back in the gym. I'm back exercising. So I'm gonna see how long that lasts. But that herniated disc. No, they need to go in there and fix that. Well, you know, I, I saw a few uh, a few videos where physical therapy can fix or help a herniated disc, but it, it takes a long time of repetitious exercises, and I'm not sure if, if my herniated disc is even repairable, but apparently some physical therapy can fix a herniated disc, so... You know, now well, no. physical mm-hmm. physical therapy can help some things, but the amount of exercise that you have to you have to be a damn near gym rat in order to get to the level of um, you know, muscle and strength and you know, and, and all that sort of thing. You damn near have to live in the gym, you know, but it it is possible in some instances, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I might have to go through that for a few weeks just to uh, appease them and, and, and let the physical therapist make a little money off of me, I guess, or off of my, my insurance, because I think that's the name of the game, man. That's the name of the game, bro. <laughs> hey, I have a few uh, comments and questions that uh, I wanted to get through um, that I, I got here. Let me see if I can find these real quick. A couple of them was funny. Um, one person, uh, last month when we talked about, um, we talked about Valentine's Day, last mm-hmm. month uh, i forget the context of which it came up but one of the persons uh tapped in with with the streets and scholars instagram page and asked us what do we think about anniversaries wedding anniversaries to be specific and do do we um do we put any weight on wedding anniversaries and i think that's a dangerous question to ask two men that are married huh <laughs> Well, you know what the funny part about it is I saw that comment, right? You know, and 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 even my wife like, man, Alex went pretty hard on that uh, Valentine's Day thing. You know what I mean? You know, and so uh, I, I remember that comment, and uh, but I laughed about it. I told her, you know, about that comment, that exact comment. Um, shit, it all depends on how long you've been married. You know what I mean? You know, for you dudes been married one to five years, yeah, you might put something on anniversaries and stuff like that, man. You know what I mean? And, you know, but after, you know, us, Alex, you know, over 15 years of, you know, over 15 years of marriage, you you know, you, you when the anniversary comes, you you likely to say, damn, I'm still married to this motherfucker. You know what I mean? You know it. You know it. And yeah. sometimes, though, bro, it's, 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 it's like this. I don't knock a man for what he do, you know. Uh, my wife, she expect, you know, 15 years and 25 years, and, you know, I'm supposed to get this new big diamond and this new, you know what I mean? And I'm more or less like, man, be happy your motherfucker's still here, man. Damn, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm still, you know, pushing these bills. I'm still doing what I'm supposed to do it as a husband. But every now and then, don't get me wrong, I will say let's dress up, let's go out to eat, let's do something, you know. If money wasn't a factor, don't get me wrong, you know, of course, we would be doing maybe some just because money wasn't a factor, but because it is, you know, I don't let the no kind of stress or no kind of, you know, obligating to that date, you know, hold no weight on, you know, anything, you know what I mean? So that's my take on it. Yeah, I don't really, um, I don't really put much weight on our anniversary. I believe, let's see if I remember this right. I believe I've been married for 23 years, man. 23 years to the same person, to the same person. The reason why I say to the same person, I heard a comedian say, I've been married for 30 years. 
to three different women because <laughs> he, he had like three marriages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But nah, yeah. Uh, but my wife will bring it up. She'll be like, "Hey, our anniversary's coming up," and I'm like, "Yeah, that's cool. What you want to do?" You know. But um, every once in a while, every once in a while, we might do something. But it's just another day to me. Um, so uh, I mean, you know, they'll put that pressure on us, though. You yeah. know what I mean? To do something, but they'll do that for any day. You groundhogs day. You know it's groundhogs day. You know you want to go out to dinner. You know so, but uh, but like I said, I don't knock a dude for you know acknowledging that you know he stayed married another successful year because it's not easy. You know what I mean? You know, don't have to be hard, but it's it's not easy. You know, so so you you saying you saying uh, mar- marriage in general is not easy. No, not at all. You know, especially in today's society. I mean, you have to understand that you have to know your mate. You know, a lot of these dudes, you know, just meet these women, um, don't know the complete history and background on them. And then when they find it, it don't have to be nothing like just bad like that. You know what I mean? But, you know, people who meet their spouse, you know, older you know, after college, you know, during a career, you know what I mean? I mean, how good do you really know this person? You know what I mean? Um, so that's, that's the, that's the thing about it. And then when you find out something later that wasn't disclosed, it wasn't lied about, it might've just not been disclosed, you yeah. know, um, <laughs> sometimes people running this to trouble, you know, just cause they wasn't truthful about their past, you know what I mean? And, and that's the whole thing about it. You know, you gotta be truthful. You gotta be upfront. You gotta, you know, just, 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 you know, basically, you know, go into it wholeheartedly as far as if you being genuine, because at the, you know, you get four or five, six years in, man some shit can unravel based on some shit that you didn't disclose you know yeah definitely i think i did a a pretty thorough vetting process on my wife before we got married i I dated her for uh on and off for like eight years so i felt Mm -hmm. like i had a good understanding of of who she was and what she was all about before you know before i made that that uh crazy decision but um yeah i think vetting vetting your your girlfriend for you guys who are single and thinking about getting married, uh, make sure you vet her thoroughly. Make sure you know what her past is about. You know, her past is definitely going to give you an indication of her future. But um, that was an interesting uh, question about wedding anniversaries. You know, and just recently, my wife said we should re- redo our wedding vows. Um, you know, I- I'm I'm o- I'm okay to redo it if that's what she wants to do. If she wants to set up the whole thing, sure, let's let's do another wedding. <laughs> but um, you know, that's something that usually comes from the women, right? I don't never hear dudes saying, "Let's go redo our vows." No doubt, my <laughs> wife say it um, every so often. Uh, well, what she says, she wants a wedding. She's never had a wedding. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, you know, um, I do believe she was deserving of that. But every time we were starting to set it up, she was like, you know what? I'm going to take this money and we're going to do this to the house or we're going to do we going to do this, you know, but it was on her, you know. But she, you know, unfortunately, my wife never got a wedding, you know what I mean? Just for the record books, we talk about Victorville Prison a lot. You know, I was the first person in Victorville, too, to get married there. Damn. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and I set the precedent, you know, for uh, dudes able to even do it. You know, I had to do the paperwork, do a lot of rigmarole with the warden and things of that nature, but I got it done. You know what I mean? And, um, and, um, uh, but, um, yeah, so my wife never actually had a wedding, bro. My, 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 uh, best man was the homie Deuce John from Two Peas and, you know, and, and, and a couple of, um, um, SIS lieutenants or something. <laughs> Damn. So that's some, that's some Victorville <laughs> prison right history there. right there. 
Yeah, yeah, I was the first one. Me and the homie from, um, I think the homie was because we was the only two. Uh, I think he was from uh, San Diego 40s, if I'm mistaken. Uh, but uh, yeah, me and him was the first dudes to kick the dough in on being making that happen. But you know, uh, she do deserve a wedding, but like you say, the cost of them and all that, she'd be like, man, no, nah, we can do something else with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, weddings are for women. It's for them. It's it's for the it's for the bride. It really doesn't. Uh, I don't know too many men that really care about the wedding. So for me, weddings are for the women. And you know, if if you if you got to do it, you got to do it, man. Give give the woman what she wants for the wedding. Um, shoot, weddings. Oh, you, no doubt, no doubt. Remember that they used to cost the, the average cost of weddings to be ten thousand, but now I think that's shot up to like twenty twenty five, man. So yeah, 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 they, yeah. That's and that's one of the things about it. You know what I mean? It's not like you like you say you can go grab ten stacks, do a wedding. You know now they want so much. You know extravagant shit and the prices have rose for to, for for everything. You know. Um, crazy part about it man or whether you do it in the church or a hall you know you, you gotta even rent that out those used to be you know when it came to a wedding those things were donated you know what i mean and things of that nature but like you said everything costs a pretty penny right now so you know um hey man if you you ready to do it you know um handle your business man i'm not against you now let me ask you this because i know a lot of dudes that got married in prison and once they came home, once they got released, those weddings pretty much fell apart. Um, and I feel like some guys actually will use a woman while he's in prison and give her that marriage. But once he's free, it's like um, f the marriage. Why do you? Why did yours work out? And and why have y'all st stuck it through? Because you've been home now uh, almost a decade, um, if I do my math yeah. correctly. So, uh, what, what was the strength in, in your wedding? Cause you, you gotta admit a, a lot of dudes that get married in prison when they come home, they, they not with it. No doubt. You know what I mean? And, um, and I wouldn't have did it myself based on, you know, but, but wife was like, look, I'm not finna be a baby mama doing this. You know what I mean? You know, um, I need some kind of commitment, you know what I mean? And, and don't get me wrong. You know, it could have went both ways. Alex, you know, her mind could have changed while I was gone. You know, my mind could have changed while I was gone. <clears throat> Thing about it in prison, it do only cost a buck to get a divorce. So, you know, that wouldn't have been, um, you know, um, a problem, you know, but the thing about it was, no, it was rough when I came home, just based on we were two different people. I left at 31 and came home at 40, you know what I mean? So she had grown in so many different ways. I had grown in so many different ways, you know, um, and it was a struggle, like, really to really get to know each other on a day-to-day -day level because living with some, don't forget, you know, even when I left, I, I was, I lived by myself. You know, she had her own house. I had my own house. We got tired of each other. I'd go home and she'll go home. You know what I mean? So w it was our first time even just, but we had lived together before, you know, short, shortly, you know, short, short spurts. But when it came, when I came home, bro, it was a little difficult, you know, the, the bonding, you know, my daughter, I had never seen her outside of prison, you know, and uh, she was born while I was in there, you know, for me to come home, even with the, she had been the boss all this time, you know, um, you know, even for my kids, the when I say something, they'll look at her first, you know, and I had to establish delicately. No, nah, you don't when I say do something, you know, because my son, he couldn't even ride past on his bike, like past two houses. He had to turn his bike around. When I came home, I'm like, nah, man, you go all the way to the around the corner if you want to. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, around the corner, man, 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 he looking at his mother. No, nah, don't look at her. 
you can go right around the corner if you want to go around the bride house, go around the, you know, and it was a, it was a, it was a, it wasn't a power struggle. It was just more or less like, you know, um, different rules was implemented then i'm coming off the yard so i'm in general status you know what i mean I, i'm not knowing that i'm as physically intimidating and you know what i mean and 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 look in my eyes and the way that i'm acting is really intimidating the whole family a little bit you know i had to soften it up and you know but it wasn't easy alex just to be honest with you bro well um we got a prison topic that i wanted to ask about talk about a guy that got stabbed up in pelican bay but before we jump into that I wanted to ask you about uh, this whole. We talked about Takashi Six Nine getting beat up in that bathroom last week, and uh, just right. just recently, uh, Lord Jamar from uh, from uh, Brand Nubian, the the rap group that we all used to listen to in the late '80s, um, he did a he did a video. I'm not gonna play the video, but for those who are interested in it, um, you can just go to uh, the Yada Mean podcast and watch his video where. He actually is making an argument that the 6ix9ine assault in that bathroom was fake. Um, I want to get your response to that. But these are these are his main reasons why it was fake. Um, he said mm -hmm. um, he believes that the blood on the face is makeup. Um, mm -hmm. He Because he was there with no security, that's unusual. Uh, and let mm -hmm. me also add that uh, Lord Jamar believes that the Will Smith smack was fake also. So... You know, okay. that that's his this is his uh, mentality. This is his background. Maybe he's a pro conspiracy theorist. The third thing was that the video starts in the middle of the action. The fourth part is his face is already bleeding and we didn't see any punches to the face. The fifth guy, there's a guy walking with Takashi at the end. Who is that guy? He's asking. And then the incentive is because this type of prank brings publicity and this is what he likes. And his last point was that he's wearing a big fat jacket. Maybe that was to soften the blows of the fake assault in the bathroom, man. So what's your whole take on that? You know what? I, I'm, I, I'm, for one, I can't be definite 100% sure that it wasn't. Um, I don't believe it was fake, just to be honest with you. You know, um, I believe if he wanted publicity, he would have did something in the fact to where um, he was whooping some ass opposed to getting his ass whooped. You know, I don't know too many people who fake getting their ass whooped for some publicity. That's some that's some hell of a publicity right there. But um, the camera could have started in the middle just based on when shit kick off. You know, dudes probably whooping ass, then decided, oh, let's get it on video. Yeah. You know, that could have <laughs> been that situation. Um, it looked like real blood to me, you know, um, I mean, I think it was real, to be honest with you. You know, um, I wasn't there. So, I, like I said, I can't put the 100% sure stamp on it. You know, didn't realize that Lord Jamar was the same dude from the brand Nubian group back in the day. But uh, I, I think it was real. What you think? Yeah, I actually do believe it was real. Uh, and I think there's an explanation for, for all of his for his uh, issues. Uh, first, I don't think the blood was fake. Um uh, it did look like real blood, um, you know, trickling down his face. Uh, I, I think this guy has been moving around with no security for a while. If you look at a, a lot of the content or uh, footage of 6ix9ine, in the beginning when he was first released from prison, he did have a couple of security guards. But as of late, he doesn't he doesn't rock like that. I don't know if it's because it's costly. And as you said, the video starts in the middle. I mean, a lots of video starts in the middle of the action. Um, so, right. so that's an irrelevant. That point right there is completely irrelevant. 
Um, and then there was a guy walking away with Takashi Six Nine coming out when they walked off, and maybe that was a guy he was in the gym working out with. That's that's all I could think of. And uh, I did think that his outfit was a little weird. I think you mentioned something when we talked about it last week, like he was in his underwears or something, or or some boxers or some tighties. What? I mean, you, you, you're in a gym, that's possible to have on, though. You know what I mean? To be honest with you, why the jacket still? I don't know. Um, maybe he was putting the jacket. I don't, I, I don't know that part, but the big jacket, maybe. Hey, man, you, 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 some of these dudes just weird like that. You never know. <laughs> yeah. um, and that, you know, hey, so I, I didn't even look at that part at all. Uh, dude's attire when he in the gym, you know, dude being there with, you know, tights on and all kind of stuff. I don't look at him no way. That's just what, how they chose to dress at the gym. Uh, moving around um, solo. Oh, that's they people do uh, celebrities do that all the time. You know what I mean? I mean, one time I was in Hollywood at um, Beverly Hills, actually. And I ran into Shaq, and um, me and Shaq had the same kind of truck. He had a Tahoe, I had a Tahoe, and, you know, and I ran into him. He had just had the Superman stuff all done, too, or so, and I jumped out. I had bumped into him plenty of times in, uh, at, at the comedy store and, uh, on Sunset. So, um, you know, Shaq, I was, I, I hit Shaq like, man, I like that truck, man. I said, yeah. He said, man, I just did mine. Look, he threw me the keys. I walked across the street, looked in his truck and everything. Man, he, you know, I had it hooked up and everything. So we go back into Jerry's Deli, you know what I mean? And I'm like, uh, who you with? He like, I'm by myself, man. Just chilling, finna grab something to eat. Come on. Yeah. So I see some cats peeping him out, though. You know what I mean? And, and they kind of own him. You know what I mean? So I go back to the truck. He didn't know. I go back to my truck, get the thing, and, you know, go sit back down. And we just had some small talk, you know. And uh, and uh, but these dudes was on him. And I told him, I said, listen, man, you know, it ain't cool to be out here by yourself, bro. You know? And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you know, and, 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 uh, and uh, but they was on him, homie. You know what I mean? It probably wasn't nothing for them to take at the moment. You know, he probably had credit cards and, you know, he didn't have no jury or nothing. But just the fact that, like I say, I know 100% sure that some of the, a lot of these celebrities move around by themselves at times because don't nobody want security with them all the time. You know what I mean? I know a lot of them ride Harleys that, so they got the helmet on, so you don't even know it's them. But they right there on Crenshaw and right there doing the same shit everybody else doing. You know, it's easy to be seen in a car, but on a motorcycle, you know, it's so. So, so for him to be by himself, my whole point is uh, that's highly, highly possible. So he didn't have his uh, his Main Street homies uh, posted up with him because he was known to have hung out with the Main Streets back in the day when he used to come to L.A. Uh, what's his name? Uh, rest in peace from Main Street. Uh, Del Dog. I think Del Dog was one of his homies. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, no, no, he had he had um, <clears throat> he he didn't this day, but I knew for sure. But you know that um, he. Um, has some main street partners, you know, that he, you know, uh, did business with or hung out with and all things of that nature. I know a few of them, actually. I ain't going to name their names, but, yeah, he, they wasn't with him on this account, you know. And maybe he just felt like he wasn't, like, wasn't nobody tripping off of him, you know what I mean? You know, he hadn't got as big as he is now, you know what I mean? But but he still was a Laker, man, you know, and, shit, you know, just that alone, you know, somebody would try you, you know, so. Yeah. Now, um, there's this. Look at that. Yeah, I wanted you to look at this picture. Um, yeah, I, I think he actually went to the hospital after this, so that you know, Lord Jamar has to explain a fake hospital visit, and he's also got to be able to explain what looks like real swelling on the skin that is not makeup. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's swelling definitely. You know, and um, <clears throat> a little cut on the nose from this side, a little scrape on the forehead. You know. I mean, you know, 
I, I, you know, to fake a whole hospital visit, to do this extra just over, a, you know, some publicity, bro. That's a lot just to me if you ask me, you know. No, I got to make sure this is the same. This, this is the picture that's consistent with uh, with what happened the other day. Uh, I don't recall if he was assaulted other times, but nevertheless, uh, it, it looked authentic to me. Um, it did not look like uh it was staged or it was done for publicity purposes and like you said if he's going to do something publicity purpose wise he's going to want to look good in that right not look bad right 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 no doubt <laughs> but um, um i was going to say he also believes that the will smith slap was fake um and i have to disagree on that one i mean now we we're like over a year that was a year ago that was last oscars 2022 and I mean, if it was fake, the the Academy would not have suspended Will Smith for 10 years. I mean, Chris Rock just dropped a whole Netflix comedy special around the, the slap being being real. And then um, Chris Rock's brother um, was upset. Tony Rock. Tony Rock's yeah. brother was upset. So, you know, you have to be able to explain all of these other <clears throat> characters that they're they're faking it, too. So it. Uh, I don't know how you feel about the Will Smith slap. We did talk about it like on, on one of our first episodes of Streets and Scholars. Right. And I think we believed it was authentic. Here we are a year later. You still believe it was authentic? No, no doubt. But the thing about it, it was really a lot of people who thought it was fake. You know, um, I still, like I say, wasn't 100% sure. But at the same time, man, you know, it did, did it, you know, look pretty real to me. You know, then just with the, you know, the backlash on how everything went, you know what I mean? Plus, um, Chris say it was, you know, um, to this day, though, he still, they still got a, like, a lightweight issue. He just did a stand-up comedy about it, you know. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure uh, some lawsuits was filed and settled under the table, you know what I mean? I'm sure some money was slid, you know, and um, so, uh, but like you say, you are going to have a lot of people who just say that, um, you know, a lot of things aren't fake because so many, so many things are, you know? Yeah. Well, but I believe both of those, I, I will say that the, the, the Chris Rock and the, uh, Takashi latest incident, you know, but don't forget Takashi got fired on in the club, you know, a while back, you know what I mean? And he, you know, he tried to fight back a little bit, but he got fired on at the, the nightclub somewhere, you know, he been having some lightweight little issues, but, uh, like I say, man, sometimes this shit catch up with you. Yeah, uh, and we can't we cannot dismiss the fact that he became a federal cooperator, and there are some people out there that are going to feel a certain kind of way about him when they see him in public. So I'm gonna have to disagree with Lord Jamar. Uh, I think he's a kind of like a he leans towards the conspiracy theorist. I think he leans towards. Oh, okay, yeah, I haven't checked him out. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> um you know that's my man. I always checking out Lord Jamar. Uh, even though I disagree with him on this one, uh, I, I think he's mm -hmm. got a great platform. You know, go check him out oh, okay. on, on his YouTube platform. His, his thing is growing pretty well. So, okay, so we both uh, we both are disagreeing with Lord Jamar on that one. Uh, but but since we were on the prison topic, man, I might as well just jump into this, man. Um, this man that was serving a 250-year sentence got stabbed up in prison and um lost his life in pelican bay you know the the prison that uh that denzel washington made famous in the movie training day remember that scene yeah no doubt yeah great scene man great movie period oh man. yeah so uh i don't know if you tapped in with that story but i mean it's probably you know for a guy like you who's already spent time in prison it's like it's another day at the office right 
Well, you know, that state prison a lot more physical. You know what I mean? You know, you got a lot of dudes in there, man. You know, you got, <clears throat> you know, all the gang members, you know, it's just um, certain, certain, some of these, these state prisons, man, they just rocks and roll, man. And these dudes don't care, man, if, if, uh, what's cracking, they gonna handle, they, they gonna handle, they, they scandal, you know, different set of politics, you know, and, you know, I'm just wondering what he did in this incident. He like 53 years old or something like that, man. And, you know, to still be getting stabbed up in prison. What did you do faulty? That's the one thing I don't think they talking about is what he did in prison. They did say that, you know what I mean, that he was attacked on the prison yard. and But they got him good. They found a shank, of course, you know, the knife that was used. And uh, they must have hit him good, you know, because two hours later he was dead, you know, so. Yeah, I'm thinking it's, it's uh, two possible reasons. Um, it could have been one of his victims. Someone felt a certain kind of way about who he, he was in there for murder. So it could have been right. uh, one of his victims or he could have been involved in something that uh, the prison, the, the population thought was telling. Uh, that's the only things I can think of. I mean, you know, it's a lot of possibilities, but, you know, I could tell that uh, <clears throat> he was a no-nonsense type of dude, you know. After he committed the murder in 2013, you know, he went and uh, shot another guy that owed him 200 bucks, you know. And uh, as soon as he killed that dude, he went over to the shot that shot another dude uh, over 200 bucks. And when he was getting sentenced, you know, the uh, judge stated that um, he showed... Uh, uh, lack of remorse or a little no show a little remorse and he stated in open court no remorse not a little no remorse <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey, we, we, so he could have just been one of them dudes who just didn't give a fuck you know yeah we talked about this whole remorse thing in uh, last week i believe um there's this expectation from the general public from law enforcement from the courts from the judge that you should show a little bit of or, or some level of remorse for the crimes you you have been found guilty of. But I tell I tell people don't show no remorse because you still have a chance to fight this case on appeal. So uh, it's just a crazy expectation. Uh, that I thought that was funny. No remorse. No remorse. Yeah, to make sure they, uh, they, they was clear. You know what I mean? No, no remorse. Not little none. You know, didn't have no problem doing it, you know. So it's it's, it's a million reasons. He could have got into it with some dudes over, I mean, anything, Alex. It could have been a debt in prison. It could have been, you know, it really could have been a hundred things. But at the end of the day, man, this dude uh, got gutted out, man, and uh, he didn't make it, man, you know. Yeah, his name was uh, Joseph Joseph Hill, and he was from from Linda Vista, I guess. Or he, he one of the guys he killed was from Linda Vista. Uh, but yeah, he was probably on th that level four yard up in Pelican Bay because they have a they have a PC yard and then they have a level four yard. I doubt he was on the PC yards, yeah. but it's possible, right? It's possible you can get stabbed up on the PC yard, though. <clears throat> um, I'm, I, I guess it is, no doubt. You know, I'm sure you can get stabbed anywhere, but um, he probably was up there on that four with that kind of time, man. He probably been up there for years, and you know. Um, you know, somebody got tired of his shit nonetheless. Yeah. Now, I wanted to um, also ask you about, like, I, I was listening to these, um, this Mexi former Mexican mafia guy talk about stabbings in prison. And he was basically saying mm -hmm. that um, it, it, it's not the easiest thing to do uh, because you have to create the weapon. You got to manufacture it yourself. And in the article, of, um, they said that the guys that did it used uh, manufactured weapons and I wanted to just show this picture of 
a whole bunch of knives that had been confiscated from the prison and um, just get your take on this because at the same time we hear about these people getting stabbed in prison but it's not always easy to pull it off um so here's a picture of let me see here let me put this up here yeah here's a picture of a whole bunch of knives that were mm -hmm. were, were uh, taken from from a confiscated from a prison and it's just amazing the ingenuity that some people have where you if you look closely some of these are nails um they're sharpened uh some of it some of them are actually plastic they're not even metal um no doubt uh the plastic ones are to make it through the metal detector so let's just say even that just say even in victorville from the yard to the when i first got there from the yard to the the housing unit you went through three metal detectors <clears throat> so of course you was going to get some form of plexiglass or something like that to make the knives with if you look up top center you will see uh, things that you refer to as nails and things of that nature those are called pokers so those are something that just you know while you squabbing or while you fight somebody poking you and you don't even know you hit it if they're not hitting you in the neck or the face, you rarely even know you hit till you get back to the unit. You know what I mean? And find out that you've been hit a couple times. You know, uh, some of these things are, um, I mean, I don't see no real, real, I mean, you can lose your life with some of these, but I mean, I've seen some bone crushers, though. I've seen some knives, Alex, that, you know, uh, just just crush your shit, you know. But a lot of these, like I say, are, are just, they get the job done, no problem. But, but you know, if you look how many inches they are, a lot of them are smaller in inches. A lot of them, not all of them. And uh, you can survive off a hit like that in certain areas, you know. So, but anything to do when you got to do it, man. I, I mean, <laughs> the big homie from Six Deuce East Coast one time showed me he made a knife out of a soda can. You know what I mean? And, and I was like, damn, man, you <laughs> where you learn that at? <laughs> you know, but it's something that, like you say, you hit somebody in the neck, man. You hit somebody in the eye. You hit somebody in the right spot. This damn sure going to be effective, you know. So um, these knives are made out of any and everything. But like I said, you have to get them through the metal detector. You have to leave them in certain places in order to be able to, um, you know, you can't just move them all around based on with the security and things like that. Now, when you walk out to the yard uh, at Victorville or other prisons, do you have to go through a metal detector? You got to go through three. Yeah, you got to go through one leaving the unit, one in the center of the complex, and then you got another one when you actually go to the yard. Um, I think they took the ones out in the unit and just have the two. But uh, yeah, no, no doubt you have to. Uh, so that's what why you get the fiberglass. You know, you want to get the fiberglass, or you want to get the hard plastics. You know, you want to get the things of that nature, so you can keep it on you at all time. What the fuck good is a knife gonna do if it's in the unit or out on the yard, and you in a situation in the in the chow hall? You know what I mean? So. Um, you know, and the thing about it is like the streets, man. You want to stay strapped at all times, you know, and and uh, that's just what it is. You got to be ready at all times, man. I guess that's why some people keep their knives out on the yard, and like in a hidden place or underneath some gravel or tucked away in some secret spot so they don't have to keep walking it back and forth through the, the, uh, the metal detectors. Yeah, no doubt. But like I say, you know, like 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 me, you know, I, I had the, the plexiglass, you know what I mean? I still got a little scar on my on my 
right in my um <clears throat> lower 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 stomach um because um you know i come from the streets we used to having pistols you know we, we went out on the, on the street with with knives and shit so you know i got my knife tucked and shit and uh we go to take a picture and i squat down to take a picture and shit and stuck the shit out of myself man damn <laughs> I, was about, I was bleeding like a motherfucker i dared it bled out for you know what i mean i still got a little scar right there you're from that shit, man, but that's what it was. I mean, you know, you was prepared at all time, homie, to to get cracking, you know what I mean? At that time in my, you know, career, I wasn't gonna play with nobody, you know. Um and um and the odds was against us. So, you know, it was it was just what it was. But that was a rookie mistake, a rookie knife mistake that I made and didn't realize that um maybe I had needed to tuck it a different way or something, but still got that damn scar. Well, you said um, get it cracking, and uh, that takes us to this next topic, man, that these uh, these Crips up in Tacoma, Washington back in 1989. I don't know why this old, um, this old story um, just hit, hit the news. Um, it's, it's a flashback story on Yahoo, but uh, apparently some Crips got into a 300-round shootout <laughs> with, uh, with Army Rangers up in, was that Tacoma? Tacoma, Washington, mm -hmm. Tacoma, Washington, back in 1989. I just thought it was an interesting story because um, it was um, it, it talked about the gangs in Tacoma. But of course, they're related to the L.A. gangs, of course, um, you know, they're, they're gangs that kind of migrated up there. Let me see if I could uh, share this story uh, real quick. I'm not going to play a video. It's just uh, it's just a headline <laughs> of this story. This headline is crazy. Um Army Rangers engaged in a 300-round shootout with Crip, Crips gang on U.S. soil, and it turned out it's a Crip gang called the, was it the Hilltop? The Hilltop Crips yeah. up in Tacoma. And, uh, you know, I've been hearing about gangs going up to Portland, Tacoma, Spokane, from L.A. During, during this time of, that this shootout took place, uh, I've been hearing about that since the 80s, man. No doubt. Well, you got to understand that 89 was a crucial time. You know, 89 was when gangs like super started expanding to other states. You know, I was 16 in 89, man, and the homies was pushing it every state, you know, not every state, but they was pushing state to state, you know. So a lot of that shit that was going on up in these states, you know, the the um, Tacomas, the, the the Spokans, the Seattles and things of that nature, along with a whole lot of other states, these weren't like, at, you know, some of these weren't homegrown Crips from those areas. Some of them was homies from L.A., you know what I mean, Compton Watts, that just was up there, you know, and gave that town a little, gave that town a little name. But these were really active Los Angeles gang members, you know. Um, you know, going to put a stronghold down on, on the drug trade, you know, that's how, you know, that was a super year that the drug trade started. To, not started, but was like uh, at the top of expanding to other states, you know, and uh, everybody was going everywhere they could to get some money because they figured out, you know, you can get more out of town. So this shootout right here, man, these probably was really some L.A. dudes that just went up there and, you know, started another hood. But, um they got it cracking with the Army Rangers, man. That's crazy. I don't know how I never heard of this. Yeah, um, I don't even know how it came up as a, a, a flashback story today, um, this week. But um, what, I, what I find interesting is that a lot of dudes from L.A., you know, could take an uh, ounce. I always found this amazing. An ounce in L.A. with maybe $400, $500 of cocaine 
four or five hundred dollars uh, crack cocaine, but you take it to another city and you can get a thousand or twelve hundred or fifteen hundred or eighteen hundred. Yeah, I've always found that the way that the market is for crack cocaine in some of these other cities was amazing because all the youngsters that was running the show, they were really kind of like entrepreneurs to a certain degree, you know, realizing the market in, let's say, Spokane or Tacoma could double your money. So it benefited you to not only go there to double your money, but also law enforcement wasn't as smart as they were in L.A. So there was all kind of benefits for going to a town like like Tacoma. Right. Am I right on that? Um. Oh, you're 100% right on it, but you got to understand, Alice, these dudes weren't just, you know, they knew how to market, they knew how to advertise, they knew how to distribute, you know what I mean? And 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 these dudes were really businessmen, you know, don't get me wrong, they were drug dealers, but most drug dealers, a lot of drug dealers are, you know, good businessmen, you know, they know how to, you know... Um, smooth things over with rivals, you know what I mean? So we can all get money. They can make it make sense. You know, you guys want to bang or y'all want to get money, you know? <laughs> yeah. So if, so for a minute, you know what I mean? I've uh, seen, you know, uh, a ceasefire based on let's get some bread, you know what I mean? And, 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 it, and it has worked. Um, yeah, law enforcement was a lot slower, you know, um, things of that nature. But, uh, yeah, you definitely could go out of town in any town, you know, and, and it spread it across the United States. And, um, you know, unfortunately, like I say, with all the, the drug dealers leaving Los Angeles, L.A. and all that, Compton, Watts, um, Linwood, and going to other states getting money, you know, I, I, I when I go back and look at it, man, I still say that we, we messed up a generation, you know, doing that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've heard Freeway Rick Ross talk about it because he was, he was one of the ones in the front of going to other cities and going to other towns and... He speaks about it now as, you know, a regret, you know, all the all the hurt and the damage. But, you know, when you're like, you know, in your teens and early 20s and none of this, that stuff is important. You're just trying to get money, you know. Yeah, but you no know, doubt. But you got to understand that we didn't have the intelligence that we had today. We didn't have the numbers. We didn't have the statistics, Alex. Who knew what crack was doing to people? You know what I mean? Um, just like um, that wouldn't stop. No, that, wasn't killing people right now. Uh huh. I, I say that that wouldn't have stopped anybody though. If you if you're 21 years old, I mean, like you about to say fentanyl. <laughs> Everyone knows fentanyl will kill you in an instant. But damn, every week what we I'm, got what I'm saying. It, in, in, until it did, but before it did, you know, or say the oxycodone. They have been selling that shit for years, you know what I mean? Until people start ODing on it, that's when they start paying attention to it, you know, and they still didn't put no no, no harsh criminal um, um, laws on it like they did crack, you know. But my point is, um, you know, you didn't see the 30-year effect after crack. You didn't see, you know, what it did to families and, and, and shit like that, you know what I mean? It's a whole lot of dudes I know who were drug dealers, you know, that, that, that like you say, regret that they did it like that, but we just didn't have the intel that that was going to be the outcome. You know what I mean? I don't believe it would have stopped everybody. Of course, no, it wouldn't have, but I'm saying that, um, we didn't know the toll that it was going to take on our own people as well. Yeah, that's for sure. The, the laws against crack cocaine are probably more unique than any other drug. And we all know that that affected black folks. It wasn't affecting uh, other races like it affected black folks. But we, we starting to see some attention given to uh, the fentanyl. Uh, we starting to see a couple of white dudes, you know, catching 10, 15, 20 year sentence off the fentanyl. But man, it, every week in the news is another fentanyl bust. And it don't seem like anybody cares, the, jerk, uh, the drug dealers at least, about the dangers of fentanyl. They still serving it and people are still buying it. 
How's how's that gonna end? Well, um, shit. You know, um, it's it's hard to put an end to it. You know, um, drugs drugs fuel the economy in America. They know how this shit go. You know what I mean? And to be honest with you, if crack would have stayed in the black community, they wouldn't have gave a shit about it either. It wasn't until you start going into Tacomas and Little Rocks and all these other countries and white folks start getting hooked on it. You know what I mean? That's when Joe Biden them came with the laws of buses upside our head. It wasn't because we was doing it to our own people. Had we only been doing it to our own people, Alex, it never would have been an issue. Once those white folks start smoking crack, Joe Biden put them laws in. A lot of people forgot what he did. He was the one who basically they manufactured the, the, the fucking crack laws in itself, made it 100 to 1, you know, to, to powder, you know. And, and, and so, at the, so at the end of the day, Alex, uh, fentanyl is a problem that uh, you can't blame the blacks for this, you know. So um, they trying to navigate and, and, and help it out. But from what I'm hearing, man, fentanyl killing thousands and thousands of people. You know, and and right now they don't they they don't have no way to put a put a stop to it. You know, they're gonna try everything they can, but you know, hey, it's, it's a battle that on their hands. And when you were serving your sentence for uh, that, that that crack cocaine, did you have these conversations with other people in prison about how how unfair the laws are and how to maybe we can fight our cases or fight our sentences? Are these conversations that you guys even have in prison or is prison? You just got to focus on survival. No, no, no. Let's be clear, man. You ain't surviving every day in prison. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's, it's, you know, that's a misconception that you know every day is a is a battle. You know, my whole thing is every day you got to be ready. You know what I mean? But man, you know how many times we shut up and drank alcohol, man. I, you know, drunk alcohol with all my crib partners, and we, man, we do. I do more motherfucker laughing in prison than we did on the street. You know what I mean. So don't get me wrong. It's not always just uptight. You know, uh, warfare every day. Now, you know, don't let me paint that picture of anybody. You know, think I did. You know, um, but oh no, of course. You know, and then a guy like me who delivered powder cocaine. You know, I, I thought this was just the wrongest law in the world that I brought powder. I left powder cocaine, and I still get a crack conspiracy for a few words that I said or because I listened to somebody say something and agreed with them and things of that nature, you know, no, nah, that shit is damn wrong, man. You know, conspiracy shouldn't be even, you know, in drug crimes, you know what I mean? Unless you out there selling a hundred kilos or something like that, the conspiracy shouldn't even be a part of it. Um, so yeah, we talked about the laws, we talked about the disadvantages, but we didn't learn a lot of this shit until we was already locked up and we really started hitting the law library studying these laws. And the thing I did was get a copy of these laws and send them home. You know what I mean? Because that's the best thing I can do because if you dudes don't believe me, because when I got caught, Alex, man, I, I bullshit you not. There wasn't nobody that believed that I got caught with the small amount that I got caught with. Everybody, man, you got caught with three, four birds, man. Stop playing. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and they just didn't believe that I got that kind of time for 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 um for the crime. But at the same time, man, yeah, you know, we talk about all the laws. We even have our families do petitions to write in to 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 um you know, get some shit changed. I mean, we were real active on the, on the, on the, on the change of some of these laws as far as, you know, uh, uh, signing petitions and writing letters and having our families writing letters and things of that nature. Yeah. I think the, um, the homeboy from, uh, Campanella Park, Kenzo, he did about, he, he did the same, about the same sentence you got, but his was involved mm -hmm. in, a, in a BMF, multiple kilo, 
uh, drug transaction, and he got kind of the same time that you got. I think he got like 10 or 12, if I remember correctly. No, no doubt. You know, and I know dudes that got caught with four or five bricks, man. You know what I mean? When I say bricks or I say birds, I mean kilos for anybody who don't understand the lingo. Um, no dudes that got because it was, it was, it was crack hit a hundred times harder. You know what I mean? So you can get caught with seven birds with no record and get 10 years. You know what I mean? You know, to get caught with a kilo, you never hear dudes in prison for getting caught with one kilo of powder. You know, they not even there. You know what I mean? They bailing out. They getting uh, two, three years. They, you know what I mean? They not even getting no time if they don't have no extensive record. You know what I mean? So, you know, um, like I say, when Biden them ramped it up, it really was against black people. It was a, you know, and they admitted that you know, 30 years later, after they incarcerated, you know, 100,000 blacks, you know, so, but um, luckily, like you say, some of the laws are changing, and they use, they saying they use, by making that mistake with crack, they not putting all these harsh penalties on these other drugs, because they saying that didn't work. It worked for them, you know what I mean? It didn't work for us. How, how effective is the, the law library in prison? Does it really help you out and figure things out? It's very effective, Alex. I mean, you can go in there with some uh, in a bunch of computers, man, and every book. And I mean, it's to be honest with you, a lot of dudes are still sitting in prison because they fail to go in there and, and do their homework. I've seen a lot of dudes go in there and live in the law library and actually come home off a, off a case they found or loophole they found in the law themselves. You know what I mean? And um, because your, your attorney, once you're gone, he not effectively trying to get your appeal going. He got other shit to do. He got more money coming in. He got other cases that he's going to court fighting. So you got to go in there and fight yourself. And I've seen so many dudes don't want to go in the law library and um, do their homework, find a law similar to theirs where somebody got some relief and, and, and use that in the appeal to, to, to get some time off, you know, and I've seen some dudes come home or just living in that law library. They worked hard. They worked um, extensively and, and they found something that, that got them some time off. Now, I know some homies that might be too embarrassed to admit that they don't know how to read. So that's got to be the number one skill you got to have is to know how to read. And you'd be surprised how many people don't know how to read. And we didn't know they didn't know how to read. Did you ever come across that that problem? Man, I came across that problem, man, back in 91 in the county jail, man. And the homie, we, we in the um, single man cells and shit. And the homie, got, he was in the very next cell next to me, man. He's like, yeah, man, baby, you going to write this letter to me, man. I was, she, I, I'm trying to see if she's trying to break up with me or what. He was like, homie, check this out. So he handed it to me in the next cell. I'm reading it. And he like, what you think? I'm like, uh, she ain't really. He said, can you read it? Can you read it out loud? You know, and I'm reading it out loud. You know what I mean? Like, fuck you. you you know, you know, I'm just trying to understand, homie, and, yeah. and it clicked in me. <laughs> it clicked in me. The homie can't read and shit. You know what I mean? And and then, then that's when I didn't. You know, I, hey man, you know, I, I didn't judge him at the moment. You know, but at the same time, then when I got to later on, got to federal prison, where you around people every day, you in classes with them. You know, you um, say if you taking an anger management class with them or a victim impact class with them, and you realize that they don't have the capacity to comprehend or read at a certain level, um, you know, you say, wow, you know, I just didn't know. I thought everybody could comprehend and, you know, read and, and understand and, and they can't, Alex. So, yeah, you, you, I did run into those situations a few times. 
So maybe that's why some of those dudes don't even be sitting in that library. They're like, man, I don't even know how to read anyways. I'm just wasting my time up in there. Uh, so that's got to be disappointing for those who don't have that skill. I and mean, it's, it's sad to call that a skill, but it is a skill. Reading is a skill. And not all of us learned it when we was young and going to school. Well, you know, you got your jailhouse lawyers, man, that these dudes kind of know what they were talking about. You know what I mean? Um, um, these dudes be in prison. You know, they live in a law library. Like, they got an office in a law library that that's their table, that's their desk, the police know. And, you know, you pay them to um, look at your case and figure shit out. So you got ways, bro. You know what I mean? You come up with a little couple dollars, some bread. These dudes will go through your case, run through your case. And um, look, man, I know this other law or I know the homie who got out on this. They will file an appeal for you. They will file motions for you from prison. You know what I mean? So you have these um, um, dudes like that. You know what I mean? I know the homie Law Dog. Uh, I think Law Dog was from Great. You know, uh, ran into him. You know, if you dudes that had any kind of issues that they wanted to check out on their case, you know what I mean? Um, you can go holler, holler at Law Dog, pay him. He'll run down through there for you and, and, and do all the homework. And that's the thing about it. I've had a, a couple dudes that go take certain dudes, they case, you know, find out you motherfuckers wasn't right. You know what I mean? And the homie wasn't going to hold that in. He was going to set you out there, you know, so have your shit together, man. And, you know, but, Alex, it ain't no excuse, bro. To, just to be honest with you, it ain't no excuse. Even if you can't rerun, it's people will help you. You got homies from your set that would love to go in there, man, show you how to navigate navigate or do it for you because dudes in prison trying to buy their time and you know um and, and do so so some of them won't mind helping you know so it ain't really no excuse man and you just sitting in there sitting in there not even trying to get yourself out you know if you got action i've seen that a lot of times okay man i wanted to uh talk about this suge knight story uh before we wrap it up but before we talk about that i just wanted to know if um this uh this this one story we got to talk about this one story maybe real quickly about the chick that uh killed her husband while live streaming on facebook um after they was having an argument i'm not going to play the audio or the video to that i'll put a link to that video uh in the show notes but it's a crazy story uh and they just charged her uh, khadija michelle brown 28 years old has been charged with with a uh, murder of her boyfriend or her husband actually um jeremy rock brown in uh, in mississippi L loudness uh laundis county laundis county mississippi mm -hmm. this just happened a few days ago and uh it just happened the video basically is um she's recording him after he walked came home late or something she's She's just upset. She's just going off on him like we've all been through this before. But she's recording him while she's doing this. I think you could hear like her mother in the background and they get to getting a little bit physical. And then you hear a gunshot. You don't see it. You hear a gunshot. He ends up dead. They just charged her with murder. Um, crazy story, man. Did you uh, get to check it out? Yeah, I did get to check it out, man. You know, they did charge her with murder. Um, I believe she got some action. You know, she got some action based on uh, the police have been called to this house location before for domestic violence. Um, she could be used as her defense that she was recording just to see if he get angry and whoop her ass. She had it on. She had the evidence, you know, um, if she had a gun for her protection, you know, like you say, the phone did fall. It was a little physical scuffle and then the gun went off. He could have slapped his shit out of her or did something and, 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 you know, out of, uh, fearing for her life shot him. 
Um, um, so I, I, I believe she could have been using a Facebook Live as a protection, like, you know what I mean? Other people are going to see how this go down. Um, fortunately, like I say, you know, it's almost a situation like um, that we've seen plenty of times before, man, where domestic disputes turn deadly. I don't think she just took the gun out and just, I'm finna blast you, you know, I, I think it was a scuffle. And, and, and to me, to be honest with you, Alex, the way it read that said that when the gun went off or when the guy was shot, Jeremy is now, and when Jeremy was shot, she started screaming, her friends started screaming, and they screamed for about a minute and, you know, and grabbed the baby, the baby's crying. I, I, I kind of really think she shot him on accident I, I, or or shot him in the midst of trying to save her life. He probably tried to take the gun or something. That's how I'm looking at it. I'm sure if she get the right defense attorney, they gon' it's, it's some loopholes. I ain't gonna say loopholes, but it's some, it's some something in here that make him Atlander a manslaughter man. Only thing they gonna be on their own is why did you have the gun in the first place? Well, the way I see it is that she w she was instigating from the very beginning, and the instigating is what led to the physicality of the of the interaction, which led to the gunshot. So I think she's going to um, she might get a little action. I don't think it's first degree murder. But if she instigated this from the beginning, if she's telling her mama, wait till this dude come home, wait till he come home. I'm about to go off on his ass. I'm about to do this. I'm about to do that. I'm about to have this. I got my gun tucked right here in my waistband. Um, they got them a first degree murder because it seems like this is what she had planned all along. And, and then what I didn't mention, he's trying to leave at the, at this point in the video. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm about to get out of here. You know how we've, we've all been through this before. I'm about to get out of here. I'm going to let you cool off. I'll come back later. But she didn't let him leave uh, from what it seems like. Uh, we, we can't see that because the, the camera falls down. But uh, I think that she's going to be held responsible. And I think she could possibly get that first degree if this is something that she had in her mind before he got before he got there. Well, that'd be hard to, for people to, you know, um, differentiate what was in her mind, you know, because clearly um, I don't believe she had no intentions of shooting. I believe she was scared for her situation and uh, had the gun. Um, and um, like you say, even though somebody is, 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 if you at the mall, Alex, or you at a restaurant and somebody run up on you, oh, Alex Alonzo, man, fuck you, man, you woo woo, blam, 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 that gives you no right to punch him in the face, though. You know what I mean? You still gonna be held responsible if you punch him in the face. So whether she was egging him on or disrespecting him or saying everything uh, she was saying, how was he not able to leave? I don't see a woman, in, unless you shoot me in the back of the head or in the back, I don't see you not letting me leave. You know what I mean? You know, I'm out of there, you know, and... um but I could be totally wrong. You know, she just could have got so mad. He could have, she could have got in front of him while he trying to leave. He pushed her out the way she blasted. You know, it could have went like that. I'm just saying, um, from what I'm reading here, I'm sure that they forensics have a whole lot more intel than we do, Alex. But, um, you know, I, I don't see a first degree. I don't see a first degree. Well, we, we definitely got I don't think she planned it. I don't think it was premeditated. I don't think she planned it. I think she knew his get down as far as he'll slap the dog shit out of her. Look at him. He looked like he'll slap the dog shit out of her. <laughs> but I don't want to, but I don't want to, you know, uh, uh, stereotype the dude. I didn't already prejudged him, but you know, hey man, that's what it be sometimes. But he looked like he would kicked her ass a few times. But uh, I, I just don't think they'll get the first degree. I believe they might get a, I, she might get off with a manslaughter, man. 
Well, I'm going to ask you to prejudge it, prejudge him again based on the photo because there's an allegation that she, that I, I don't know if it was in that um in that article, but there's an allegation that he's actually bisexual or gay, and that might also have contributed to their conflict. And when I look at this picture, I'm saying to myself, you know what? There, there's a possibility that, that that's true. No, no doubt. In today's society, you shit, it's a possibility all the way around. But, you know, that probably where it got physical at. You know what I mean? You know, female talking shit to you and then she'd be like, no, you know, you rather fuck your homeboy than fuck me. You know, some shit like that. A trigger a dude who guilty. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, a regular dude like that, that shit wouldn't even, it was, it, you know, we'll laugh at it, you know. But for a dude who's 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 guilty of it, you know, made took the circumstances different and that's probably when he turned around and got on her the phone drop and she tried to you know do her shit and she did it you know so um we got to stay on top of this and see how this pan out because like i said i think she gonna get a think she can i think she can if with the right defense she can get that that murder one knocked down all right we'll stay on top of that story uh i i think she, i think that uh the murder one is, is gonna stick because I think this is a uh, part of that was part of her play, but we'll see when the all the evidence comes out. And lastly, man, let's tap in with this uh, this Suge Knight story, man. Apparently, Suge Knight is uh, shopping around, uh, according to TMZ, he's shopping around his story so that it can be told um, on television in the same way that the BMF story is being told and uh, some of these other mm -hmm. biopics are being type, being like told. A miniseries type thing. Yeah, at first went from, he. I remember he was trying to do his movie similar to the Straight Outta Compton movie, just a one-off, mm -hmm. but now it's, uh, I think there's more money in the episodic shows and uh, that's what he's trying to pitch right now, man. Uh, what do you think of a Suge Knight miniseries? Oh, no, I'd watch it because I've seen so many and heard so many of what other people did and what other people thought, you know, just to get it from him firsthand and, and how he felt about it or how he saw it. Uh, I think the world would definitely tune in, you know. Um, I had heard somewhere, you know, one of these social media things before that he couldn't do a movie based on he assigned his life rights over to someone. I don't know if that's true or if that's affect the main movie or if the miniseries is a different avenue for him to get it done like i said i don't know i just be hearing stuff you know these social medias um but uh i'm not opposed to him put setting it straight on from his perspective you know what i mean uh, um i definitely watch it and check it out you know because it would be coming from the horse's mouth on how he felt and saw everything yeah definitely i think it would be uh definitely a hit uh, a lot of these miniseries have been very successful uh they've been able to get some decent budgets to produce them and I don't. I, I see it very possible, like a a ten episode, an eight episode miniseries on the whole death row empire. I'm sure it's going to start off with Suge Knight's childhood, but you know he still has this one lingering problem though, for him to make any money and for this thing to be profitable for him, he still has that civil lawsuit hanging over his head that's going to go in April. Um, because it was a hung jury last year. They're going to redo it. I think it's going to go um, later this year. I heard April. But if he loses this uh, civil lawsuit, then that's going to just take away from any possible profits that he can make off of uh, a miniseries. And I wonder if other companies would be willing to work with him knowing that he's going to be owing millions and millions of dollars to the uh, Terry Carter family if, if he loses that lawsuit. 
No doubt, but at the same time, man, you know, I believe these people know how to get around it, you know, in one way or another. You know, um, he could basically tell the story for free. They they can't charge him for telling the story. So if somebody else took the story and ran with it, just based on he was just having a conversation with them and was telling them the story, and they took the, the information and um, went and did something with it, and he never filed a lawsuit against them saying they put out bogus information, I mean, I still think it's a way for them to get away with it. Um, your boy, I uh, heard uh, uh, your boy Reggie Wright Jr. speaking on uh, he may be getting some time knocked off. You got any knowledge into that? Well, yeah, let's speak a little bit about that because Reggie Wright uh, had a dude on his podcast the other day that claimed that Suge Knight is about to get 10 to 15 years knocked off his sentence. And uh, I looked up his, uh, his current sentence and uh, it looks like he is not eligible for release until uh 2034 is his earliest eligibility date and if he doesn't mm -hmm. get and if he max out it's 2038 that hasn't changed so i don't believe that and plus he took a deal what a lot of people don't realize when you take a deal it's almost slim to unlikely impossible to get any time knocked off your sentence so um no nah, I, I don't know why reggie wright is is having that guy on his show i think that guy is spewing misinformation uh, he is not scheduled for release until 2034. That's 11 years from now. So look, if, if this guy got 10 or 15 years knocked off his sentence, which started in 2015, he'd be walking out of prison right now. Well, I mean, you know, it was mentioned that he was going to come home, you know, and I, like I say, it's just rumors, you know, or I just heard it. I can't authenticate it. I'm just saying that's what I, you know, heard your boy talking about. But uh, maybe they know something we don't know, Alex, you know, and and, and, and it could be possible. Um, so, you know, I guess we got to sit around and see if uh, somebody could pull a rabbit out of a hat. Well, name me somebody that took a deal. <laughs> and he and, and took a deal for multiple offenses this wasn't just for killing terry carter he took a, a package deal for these two other offenses he had the cat williams case and he also had the assault that he committed against f gary gray um the it was an email assault um what do they call that terrorist threat he had a terrorist threat against f gary <laughs> gray he had the assault with the photographer with cat williams and then of course the, uh, they're calling that a murder of Terry Carter. So he's got multiple cases. He took the 28-year deal. Who gets out of a deal that they take for multiple cases? Um, only time I've seen that happen is when the law change. You know what I mean? And I'm not familiar with any laws changing. Of course, I'm not an attorney by far, but I have seen dudes that took plea agreements that, you know, a law change, and they were eligible, you know, to... Um, um, put their motion in based on that the law changed you know so like i say i'm not familiar with his case you know at all um i only thing i know is he did get to 28 i don't know much more so i'm just saying it was put out there you know it was put out there on the platform where we know we couldn't miss so I just wanted to see if you had any inside knowledge on that you know just as you know well if he can get 10 years knocked off his sentence that mean he if he got 10 years knocked off his sentence right now he, he'd mm -hmm. be eligible to come home in one year so right so if that's true uh we should be seeing suge knight on the streets real soon if it's true as of right now the cdc does has not uh does not reflect that his release date is not is, is 20 2034 still and we'll see but uh, okay I, but i do look forward to them creating this biopic if he could um if he had a way of uh beating that civil case i'm sure that the plan yeah, yeah, is yeah. to beat the civil case and then do the film and i'm sure that would be the best case scenario for suge 
Well, no, I definitely like to hear his opinion on it, you know, in in a in a in a miniseries or movie version like that, you know, from him. Like I say, so many have been made, you know. Um, so to see one from 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 directly from him and his thoughts, like I say, I tune into that. And how do you feel about a, a lot of this is going to be about the Pyrus once it gets to the death row part? It's going to be an East Side Pyrus story to a certain extent. <laughs> Um, I don't know, you know what I mean? Because don't forget, it was a lot of Crips at the Rose, a lot of Crips that mingle with sugar, it was a lot of people, period, you know? So how far they get into in depth into that, um, I, I just don't know, you know? Um, so, uh, I mean, if you think of the Rose, it was a very extensive movement, you know, a lot of moving pieces, you know, you did have the music, you did have the Snoops, you did have the Dre's, you did have the, the Pyrus, you know what I mean? But you had so, so many pieces, how he would put it together from his mind. That's the part that I say I'd like to see just based on, you know, from his perception. But um, it definitely started on that east side, man. And, um, and uh, so, you know, like I say, we'll see from his perspective. He may leave a lot of that out just based on don't want to. And you never know. That's why I say I will, I will watch it just to see what's, what's in it and what's not. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I know that not everyone's going to be satisfied with uh, whatever version of story that he puts out because a right, lot of people, right, right. some people were pissed about the Straight out of Compton um, film. It, it left a lot of things out that people thought were important. Um, so, you know, not everyone's going to be happy, but at least in an episodic way, you have more, more time to show more parts of the story. So with, with Straight Outta Compton, right. it's what a two hour movie and you got to tell the yeah, whole story. You squeeze in what you can. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll, he'll have at least, yeah. uh, 10 hours. If it's a 10 episode show, he'll have at least 10 hours to tell his story, man. Where can they uh, tap in with you, FG? Oh man, tap in with me at FG Unleashed. People still checking us. A lot of videos they missed that they coming in checking out um, over there on uh, Instagram at F General One, man. But you know, like I say, man, we right here on Streets and Scholars, rocking and rolling every Thursday, every and uh, so so they definitely could tap in over here. Definitely, and you can find me at Alex Alonso One Zero One Instagram and Twitter. Uh, please follow us on all the podcast platforms: Spotify, iHeart. Um, and if you're listening to us on Apple, leave us a rating review. We'll read it on the air. And on that note, thanks for tapping in with another fire episode of Streets and Scholars. Yeah.